BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey friends, welcome back. I just wanted to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by KiwiCo and HelloFresh. They are the reason that we're able to do this podcast today. So stay tuned to listen about more information on these amazing brands. Hi friends and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostest, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. Okay, everyone, welcome back. I'm a little like fangirling right now, and I'm kind of sad we're not doing this in person. But today we're having on one of my favorite performing artists. She is from Maple Ridge, British Columbia. Her name is Madeline Merlot. She is a CCMA award winner and two-time BCCMA award-winning artist. I saw you at the CCMAs, by the way, and that was like unreal. Also, yeah, I was there. You've got six top 15 singles under your belt. You are now in Nashville, Tennessee, and you continue to live up to Spotify's prediction that you will be one of the biggest rising stars to watch. Madeline has over 23 million global streams. And in March, 2020, she was featured in Spotify's Music Needs Women campaign. Madeline recently hosted a virtual tropical happy hour. I loved that. And it was on social media, raising $10,000 for Food Banks Canada to help provide food for those in need amid the COVID-19 crisis. She also just had one of the most wild things I've ever... This is why I was so stoked for you to be on the podcast today, because I saw... What, just tell us what's going on with the whole Lady Antebellum thing. This, like, oh my gosh. Like, are you freaking I out? Know. It's nuts. It's truly, I keep saying, like, I've been so blessed, but like, nothing has like been like right away from me. Everything right. has like been like really, really small steps, yes. it feels like. And this one came in like a wave and knocked me on my ass. So, so I feel like tell us what it's happened. Been so special. I was on a show called Songland, which is wild, even like the whole, like, process getting on that show was super, super like serendipitous. And, um, it's basically a, a songwriting competition show on NBC where you like live pitch a song you wrote to an artist. And my artist was Lady Antebellum, which is, you know, one of my favorites and they're so, so talented. I've seen them live like many times. And, um, so I go on the show and, 
end up winning. And it's just been nuts ever since. I think what really took me back was like, I see you as this artist now. And and I don't think I gave enough credit to the fact that you're a songwriter first and like the written part of it is so important and so core to who you are, but you had this picture up on your Instagram of you as a little girl and one of your first little songwriting things. And I was like, man, this is what happens though. We see somebody killing it out in the world and we're like, yes, like go you, but you don't realize how long this has been in a journey for someone like you. And I mean, there's also, you're, you're a woman in country music. Is it still difficult to kind of make your name in that space? I know I've heard lots about it and like the inequality when it comes to radio airplay. So like not only seeing you as a Canadian female artist, but just as a female artist is actually incredibly huge for somebody like you to be continuing to kind of make those charts. What are the, like 15 times? It's wild. Yeah, it's definitely tough. I mean, I've, you know, started singing and writing music at a really young age. And it's definitely takes a tenacious spirit in order to like do music in general. And then, you know, you go into something like this. And I mean, as a kid, you don't know, like the the positions and the, you know, chart disparity or anything. I mean, in the 90s, when I was born, I mean, I country women rural country music. So mm-hmm. it was what I grew up listening to and what I wanted, but there definitely has been, and it's not like up to opinion. It's just fact. If you look at the charts, like it's just, there's way more dudes and like three girls and that's just the reality. But the pendulum swinging the other way. And we just had two females back to back at number ones in America. So it's like stuff like oh, that. That's, so, awesome. that's so huge. Um, both of their debut singles as well. So people are paying attention and I think the main thing that it's done is for a female, it's like the music has to be so good. Yeah, It can't be mediocre. And sometimes I think there can be like average songs that can find their way onto the charts from a male because they can, I guess. But if a female releases an average song, it's not doing anything. It has to be exceptional. And the songs that have gone number one from Maren Morris and Kelsey Ballerini and um, Gabby Barrett, the one who just got one, that's an incredible song. I heard that song. I got goosebumps all over my body. And I was like, that's a number one song. And so if that's what it's done is raise the bar for us girls to create music that is like amazing, then okay, I'm ready. I'm up for it. Exactly. I love that you said that because I think for the moment that I really... I guess myself discovered you. I had a couple of your songs downloaded, but when the goosebumps moment for me was War Paint, that song I think was one of the first times that I'd really heard mental health spoken in such a way that wasn't a burden. It was like a connector and it was like a, it with the friendship built around it. And at the time I was listening to that, I was like, leaving an 11 year marriage. And I just felt like I was a burden to everybody. And I remember listening to that song feeling like I'm not a burden. And like, there's people here to help me. And like, that's the point of life together. But what inspired you to write war paint? Because the lyrics are beyond emotional, but yet you sing it in such a a positive way. And I think that's a really hard thing to do, but I'd love to kind of hear where that came from. Yeah, I love that you say that. That song to this day, I mean, I think it came out in 2016 or seven. It's really, but it's without oh, yeah. a doubt my favorite song, you know, to play because yeah. the energy in the room shifts every time it starts, like the intro, like, mm-hmm. and you can see, and I literally could like get emotional talking about it. The people that know that song, like, they grab onto each other. And yeah. suddenly I see girls, the friends interlock hands and dudes put their arms around each other and like hearing a crowd sing that song. It's, it's so powerful to me. And 
I mean, that song was when I was 17, I had, you know, one of my greatest friends in high school take her own life. And I was absolutely like floored. I didn't even know what that was, what mental health was. It was so young to have such a, a crazy experience. And the thing was, is she was the most bubbly. She was blonde and cute as hell. And everyone Mm. loved her. She was so, had so many friends. It was so shocking and so unbelievable to me. And it was just like, you have no idea what Mm -hmm. people are going through. So that song is like all the things I wish I would have been able to say to her because I mean, nobody was there to help her because she didn't tell anybody that she was struggling and she just did it alone. And so that was a song that I had tried. I actually have like a notebook filled with so many Cause I had this like feeling of helpless in my body and I didn't know how to put it on paper. So right. I, have, I tried to write that song so many times and it just turned out like really sad or it wasn't supposed to be sad. It's supposed to be like, exactly. There are people that want to help you. Yes. And then also there's, you know, this kind of chanty thing when it's like, wear it all like war paint. And that's kind of like in another note, if you're the one struggling, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I've been through all of this stuff, but it makes me stronger and I wear it and I'm proud to talk about it. I'm not ashamed and this is who I am. And so it kind of like hits on both levels. And yeah, um, it's and my I, favorite song. I love that. Like, obviously the first line, if you haven't heard the song, the first line is, it's okay to not be okay. And then talking about those tears being your war paint. And I think you're right. I think there, no matter what side of the relationship that you're on, it feels like this is actually can be a positive part of my life. And nobody sings about mental health in that light as like a part of you, but not like a over encompassing. I'm so sad. I'm drowning in my feelings. Like that's what we're so used to when we hear about songs of sadness and sounds of depression and songs of heartbreak. And it, it was just a complete mental shift for me at that time. And in a season that I so needed it, And now recognizing, looking back, like that was actually a really pivotal thing to experience. I think a lot of people kind of need to hear that and know that there is another side. And just because like when you're going through something like mental health, you're in a war and you're in a war within yourself. Mm -hmm. Just the lyrics are so, I don't know. It's just one of the most incredible songs. It needs to be like a mental health, like song for the future. And I'm really thankful that it's out there. Let's take a quick pause for one of today's sponsors, which is one of the coolest things I've seen for kids. You'll want to listen close if you have a child, a grandchild, niece, nephew, little cousin, anyone who's learning at home right now. If you think it's impossible to get a kid to put down a cell phone or a video game and do something that's good for their brain, you're wrong. It is possible. We've seen it ourselves. We're doing it at home ourselves. So let's take a quick second to talk about KiwiCo. It's a science and art-based subscription and is more fun than any game they can play. I was shocked at how much my kids love this. My son, especially, we got this hydraulics set and he built it. Took him a couple hours kind of working through the instructions, which focused on his reading, hand skills, all of this putting together with these really well done instructions. And in the end, he was so proud that he put it out on our coffee table and proceeded to play with it for weeks. It's still been going. He loves it so much. These kids are just really fun and zone in on the things that kids like when it comes to science and experimenting and art. So the child in your life can get a super cool hands-on science and art project delivered to their door every month. What kid doesn't love mail? You'll be surprised how high quality the materials are too. This is real engineering science and art projects 
aimed at children. You can do your part to encourage children to be innovators and creative thinkers, and they won't believe what they can build and accomplish with KiwiCo. When they're finished, you can watch their confidence soar. There are different crates for kids of all ages, so there's something for every kid on your list. There's no commitment, so you can pause or cancel anytime. Now, the different crate sets go like this. There's the Panda Crate, ages zero to two. Koala Crate, ages three to four. Kiwi Crate, which is five to eight. Atlas Crate, which is six to 11. Doodle Crate, which is nine to 16 and up. Tinker Crate, which is ages nine to 16 and up. And Eureka Crate, which is ages 14 to 104. So many different options to choose from based on your family's needs. KiwiCo is refining play with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. There's something for every kid or the kid at heart at KiwiCo. And you can get your first month free on select crates at kiwico.com forward slash papaya. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash papaya. And let's get back to the show. But you just released three new songs and I was looking on Spotify today and they're already like right at the top of downloads. Like you, it was like, what, two weeks ago, you released three new songs. I know. How crazy is that? I'm super stoked about them. These are songs that I've been just kind of products of the last two years and writing music. And I think that I'm starting to come really into like my own sound and writing style and figuring out what I want to say. And these three, like they're kind of like each phases of a breakup. So kiss, kiss is like the first one where you kind of come out and you're like, my heart's broken. I just kind of want to kiss somebody else and yeah. be reckless and do stupid things. The middle song, the second song, if you never broke my heart is about being in the middle and kind of finding that perspective and looking back and being like, I could cry about it, but I can also like smile mm. about the good times too. Mm. And then it didn't is like the other side of the tunnel. And you're like, that was trash. Like that yeah. hurt so bad, but like, <laughs> I am, I'm strong and like, look at me now. And it's like got a horn section in it and it's so fun. So yeah, I'm I'm super excited. I think I'm really like particular and deliberate about what I release and like everything needs to make sense and Mm -hmm. have a purpose. So I'm excited. I wanted to like put those three together. So when you write a song, like just even thinking about the Lady Antebellum now has one of your songs, which I know you co-wrote as well, but how do you know what you want for you? And how do you know what you're going to let somebody else have? Like, we don't know where that song's going to go. I don't really know how the music structure works, but like we get so used to, we don't always realize performers don't always write their own music. And as a singer songwriter, how do you know what's for you? And how do you know what you want to give to somebody else? It's usually pretty clear to me. I finish a ride and maybe I get the demo back. Maybe it's that day. And I'm just like, that is something that I think is just something I needed to say. And it's, it's my story, like war paint. Like I couldn't imagine giving that song to somebody no, else. No. Or I had a song last year called Dear Me. And that was so specific to myself yes. that it was like, that would be crazy. So I kind of like shuffle them and I write for a publishing company. Yeah. So their job is to book all my rights, all my co-writes with other people. And their job is to take these songs and pitch them to other artists, TV, film, whatever. And so if there's a song that I write and I submit, I'll be like, this song is mine. And then they won't touch that song. I mean, if Carrie Underwood was like, heard it somehow and was like, I need this song, blah, blah, blah. I think that would be a decision that like you'd have to make in that moment. And I mean, 
I just like the the journey that Lady A is on right now. And this is so cool. Like this hits so in a different cool. way yeah. where I just get to sit here and just watch it like impact people and watch people like have little dance parties in their kitchen with their families to the song. And it's like, it's really special too. So it's a tough like line to walk, I guess. Yeah. Now as a creator, like I think a lot of people right now, especially during quarantine, there's like a lot of pressure to create. And I always think about this. I always, I I actually said something on my Instagram not long ago, the, how I wonder how it must feel for those who have a hit song. And like, you think that that must feel like I've made it, I've done it, I've done my duty, but it's never really over. You've got to do it again. And this is stuff that's like pouring out of your gut, reaching down into your heart, mentally being, having the capacity to do it while also doing all the other branches of who you are and what it means to be a performer. How is it managing kind of that feeling of like, does it ever really kind of weigh on you? Like I've, now you've got this song with Lady A. Is there a little, do you feel the pressure of I've got to write another big hit? Yeah. I mean, you're totally right. It doesn't end. It's never Mm -hmm. enough. And that's the tough thing about, I think, what I do, and if you look at like the whole fame concept or an actor starring in a movie and then it ends and they're like, well, now I've got to star in another one. It's right. the same thing. It's never enough. There can always be more. And you look at Thomas Rhett's got 15 number one singles yeah. in a row, but it's like, will his 16th one go number one? And what if it doesn't? Like, how's he going to feel? So it's stuff like that. But I think that the important thing is, is to like, just ex- like be excited where you're at, mm. enjoy those moments. And I mean, know that like true, and this is so corny, but like true, like you will never feel full from like a success like that. It will always come from people. It will always come from your family or like something separate. Like mm. you can't write enough hit to ever feel full inside if you're not. Do you know what I mean? It's got to come from somewhere else, but I struggle with that so much because I've been singing since I was so young that my identity is wrapped so tightly with my like music and my worth. And when music is doing well, I'm doing well. When it's not, I'm not. And I feel like I'm saying this and I'm like, I'm aware of it, but it's still something that I, I struggle really hard with. And and it it happens for all different ends of the spectrum. I'm like this, like when I lose followers on freaking Instagram, like I shouldn't care. And like, but yet it still tanks you yet. It still takes you down this like path. And it's really hard. It's really hard when like, for me, like I really thought once I just got to a certain point, I would relax and I wouldn't feel like this fear, but like, I'm just trying to channel the fact that the fear is actually part of what drives me. I remember, I don't know if you ever watch friends, but like the episode where Rachel quits her job And they were like, you need the fear in you. You're never going to live your dreams if you don't have the fear in you. And you're like, oh yeah, like that's kind of, it's somewhat purposeful. Like it does keep you going, but it has this backside of it of like, how do you keep yourself going when you're not getting the validation, when you're not being rewarded, when the things you thought were going to be so profound and so amazing fall flat. Like they just don't hit the same way. And that's not a predictable thing. Like it's really not, you really don't know until something's out there. Some of my favorite songs like in the world I've ever listened to never became number one hit. Some of my top things I've ever written went like never went anywhere. So it's like, I think it's a really interesting thing. I've always wondered that for like artists, if they feel that same pressure to like one out that lot, like you're, it's like that whole, you're only as good as like, what, what have you done for us lately type thing? Right. It's like, you never yeah. really, until you're like Dolly Parton and you just open up Dollywood, which I still haven't been to. 
I need I to get go there. So bad. I haven't even been there. I drove I past here. it and I was like, well, it's in, <sighs> it's in, where is it? It's in the know. Smoky Mountains. So it's right. in Knoxville, which is like a little bit away. It's kind of far, but not far enough that I have any excuse because I love Dolly. Need and I need to go to Dollywood. Right now, really. I love her. Yeah, okay. Well, cool. one of the things I'm really curious about women in country music have often been isolated in being not really allowed to have an opinion. And and this kind of goes back historically from, you know, the Dixie Chicks and how they got ostracized. And now we're seeing it like Taylor Swift is really kind of, the fact that she even paired up with Dixie Chicks again was like such a political statement. But it does seem like, and I love hearing that even on the hits end of it, it's really starting to come back. But is there still a lot of pressure and like oppression when it comes to women in country music and like kind of having to play that role and like extremely conservative, like, and have you faced any backlash for like, cause you're kind of a little, first of all, you're a Canadian girl. So like you got that, but like, you kind of get to be on the fringe a little bit. Like you're kind of edgy. You're kind of cool. Like I love that about you, but how has that been in the realm of country music that still likes to kind of box it up? It seems like lately that it's kind of changed, but I understand like it's, I just read an article last week about it. So I know it's still there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, it is. And then it's not in this yeah. way. And I think it goes male and female on the politics side. I think that politics is tough because it's a very polarizing thing. Yeah. And I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> speaking it, then, you know, you're ostracizing half your audience and blah, blah, blah. True. I think what Taylor Swift did was really, really awesome. And yeah. I think that she's fighting and she felt like in that documentary, she's crying oh. and she felt really, really like it was inside of her and she needed to do that. But I think that if a man had done that too, he would have been ostracized too. Just like, the same I don't way. Know if it's like a female thing. Interesting. Females, it is. There is so, like there's songs, and this happens in a lot of writing sessions where maybe a man in the room will say something, an idea, and I will be like, a girl can't say that. I, I could say write a song potentially saying like, break up with your boyfriend. I'll treat you better than him. You know what I mean? Like, you don't even love him. Like, I'll, I'll be better for you. If a girl says that, and I know Ariana Grande can, and it's uh-huh, not, but uh-huh. in the country space, you're trying to like, that is like a kind of a no bueno zone because the girls are like, what, you're trying to take my boyfriend? Like, <laughs> hell no. Like, those are things like you don't really want to touch on. You want to like be like a little more careful, which is interesting. You don't really think about it. But there has been females like, I mean, Casey Musgraves, who's talking yeah. openly about doing psychedelic drugs writing her record. Like she is my, like, oh, I just adore her so much. Maren Morris posed for Playboy. Like there are, yes. Now. And Maren had a number one that like stuck up at the chart. So I think you can't be afraid and it's not going to work. Like your artistry isn't going to work unless you're yourself. Like it has to be authentic and nobody can see through like a fake thing faster than an audience. Like some guy walks up there with his little fake twang and he's from like, somewhere else and it's country isn't like in him Mm. they can see that they're country they know that so I'm not gonna go up there and pretend like I'm from Texas I'm from Vancouver Canada like you know so I just write songs that are like true to me and and whatever but hey that's our west yeah exactly the wild wild the wild west of Vancouver which apparently is like we got snow yesterday in Ontario and Vancouver is like they're all in their pools and I'm like are you kidding me right now All 
All right, let's talk about meals at home. I know so many of us have been just falling into this trap of doing takeout and eating what we have in our cupboards, and we're really missing a lot of those fresh homemade meals, but it's not as hard as we thought it would be because you can get mouth-watering seasonal recipes with pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door with HelloFresh. It's Canada's most recommended meal kit. HelloFresh makes cooking at home simple, planned, and delicious so you can enjoy cooking again. And trust me, we have been enjoying cooking again when we're using HelloFresh. We're trying new recipes, learning new cooking techniques, and enjoying new tastes every week with HelloFresh's ever-changing menu. There's something for everyone with world cuisines, vegetarian recipes, beyond meat options, seasonal favorites, 20-minute meals, and more. HelloFresh's culinary team creates delicious recipes with customer feedback in mind, reading every comment before they work their magic in the kitchen to create recipes or bring back your favorites. Your subscription is completely flexible. Schedule your delivery days or skip a week anytime. Order what you want add extra meals to your weekly order, or throw in yummy sides like garlic bread. HelloFresh's pre-portioned ingredients mean there's less prep for you and less food waste, meaning it's much more sustainable. The packaging HelloFresh uses to ship your food is almost entirely made from recyclable and or already recycled content, and it helps making family dinners easy. Enjoy cooking at home again with a weekly HelloFresh delivery. Save money and drop the takeout by cooking fresh homemade dinners every week with recipes you'll love to eat. We made this incredible recipe with HelloFresh a little bit back. It was a rigatoni. It was just had balsamic in it and it had all the ingredients were separate. We were able to substitute anything that we needed to for my dietary needs versus my husband's or my family's. And I really loved that. I really loved that everything was kind of, you know, sorted out that way. We didn't have any extra food waste. We didn't have, you know, our cupboards piling with spices that were so large because we only needed a tablespoon of it. We just really enjoyed how easy it was. The fact that we could do it together or even the kids be involved. So if you would like to check out HelloFresh for yourself, you can get $80 off your first three weeks of HelloFresh, including free shipping. If you go to hellofresh.ca forward slash papaya 80 and enter code papaya 80, that's hellofresh.ca forward slash papaya and enter code papaya 80. Now let's get back to the show. Tell me, I should have asked this way at the beginning, but I'm messy. So tell me how it even happened for you. How did you even get to the point you are now? Like you're talking about the fact that like you have been writing since you were little. Is that just something like you, did you watch somebody else do it? And then you kind of got into it. Like I thought I was going to, like I wrote one song and I sang it to my friends and then they made fun of me for a week. So I just never wrote another song. But I'm like, how does like a little kid kind of get, and you hear this, a lot of stars, they have this, like it started really, really little. And I think it's such a special thing, but I can't imagine that it always works out for everyone. So I'd love to hear your story of like from being that little girl and like you talked about the tenacity to like make it, what, what has it been like? Yeah, I think of her often, like little yeah. Madeline, um, yeah. when when things happen to me. My dad was a musician. He mm-hmm. wrote songs and he was in kind of like a funk Motown band. So I grew up with like Paul Horn section and cool stuff. He traveled a lot for, for work in that, in that regard. My mother was really the p- person that saw something in me and like nurtured it. And 
I think like why I love you so much. I'm like a fangirl as well <laughs> um, for a lot of different reasons. I think like you're so open about like body positivity and there's a yeah. whole thing, but I love the way how you like encourage your kids and mm. your daughter, like she's into cosplay. Oh, it's and it's so like, cool. I think there would be like, people or parents that would be like I don't understand this yeah but you're like out there taking photos of her and you're nurturing like a creative part of her and that's so special and that was my mom was like whatever you want to do girl like I'm here for you and she drove my ass all around like every competition every talent show every musical theater I'd be like having rehearsals in Vancouver three times a week and she'd drive from Maple Ridge like she was so amazing and I would lose every single one. I always lost, like, dead ass. What? Everyone. Seriously? Always. Oh, I, was, I never got cast as the lead. I was always in the chorus. I, like, had, like, one line in a whole production. Like, I was not the one where people would have been like, oh, she's going to do something. Because I was just, like, Come on. kind of in the show. But I always tried, and I always would cry. And my mom would be like, okay, you can cry for, like, 20 minutes, and then get over it. Like, we have another uh, one to do. She, wow. You know what I mean? Like she was so, so like influential and so powerful in my life for that. And then when I was like 16. I like, this is a crazy story. Um, and I think honestly, your purpose, like everyone has a purpose. And I think like, it just like makes its way to you. Yes. If it's true. Mm-hmm. And if you just like really like, I mean, it was everything I wanted to do. I never wanted to do anything else, but it was wild. So I went and I like auditioned for this school. It was like this like rock school program thing. And I didn't get in. I didn't ever see this person that I sang for ever again. But somebody heard me kind of through a wall singing, which is not what. And he was a, yeah. And he's a songwriter in, in like, um, he lived in like Langley. Okay. And he was like, Hey, like I heard you singing. Like, would you sing a demo for me? And I'm like 16. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like for sure. I don't know what a demo is, but yeah. And so like my dad drove me to his studio and it was like in his house and he was, Dan is like a dad with kids and he mm-hmm. was so sweet, so kind. And he's like one of my best friends in the whole world. Like he was, I mean, none of this would happen without him, but so yeah. So I go, I sing this demo for him and we just like hit it off kind of. And he's like, I think like you're going to be a big star. I want to work with you, whatever. So I started singing demos for him every day after school. So I would go there. We sang like 250 demos, oh my um, gosh. rock songs, country songs, pop songs, whatever songs he was writing. Yeah. I would come and I would, it would be my voice on them. And, and that was really when it became clear that country was like, cause I loved all music. I grew up singing mostly country, but when it came to like thinking about my own project, it was just, it country just felt yeah. like it was just what I connected most with. Yeah. It's what just really made sense to me. So um, yeah. And then, we had done this song and um, we put it on YouTube and it kind of landed on a record label's desk. And he was like, okay, like, I think this is great. Like maybe I'll come, come down and see you in like six months. And we're like, okay. Cause he was in Toronto. And we're yeah. like, all right, whatever. Now this is where it gets wild. So my, this kid in my homeroom, like my, my TA, like in high school, okay, I don't really know him. Like I could, wouldn't say that we were friends. I sat next to him. I was like, Hey, what's up? Um, but we weren't really that tight. And he just looked at me one day and he was like, I sent that song that you posted on Facebook to the country station. I hope that's okay. And I was like, yeah, like, thanks, Itay. That's really, that's really sweet of you. And the program director who ended up being the, one of the most powerful players in the music industry in Canada reached out to Dan because we had his email on the thing. And he said, I got this email in the station inbox, which I never check. And I had no subject. It was just a link. Yeah. And I just felt like I what? needed to click it. It felt like a God moment and he clicked it and it was you. Can you bring her into the, to the station? 
And so my like 17 year old like walk in there. I'm like hugging everyone. What? I have no idea like how huge this is. Like this is my home. Like I l- grew up listening to the station yeah. and I sang for them and his name is Mark Patrick. And he literally called every record label in the country. And he was like, you, somebody needs to go see this girl. And it got word back to the guy who said he was going to come. And he came, flew out two days later and signed me. What? And literally, yeah. And then within a couple of years, I was, you know, turning the key in my car and he- hearing my song on the radio. Like that's literally from a kid in my home. So tell me that that makes any sense. No, first of all, why was that guy even clicking a link with no subject? That's like the worst thing you're supposed to be doing. But man, that worked out. Uh Wow. Wow. So I just feel like there's, there's been things like that in my life and in my career where you're just like, so even when I feel discouraged and whether I'm a spiritual person, but even Mm -hmm, if you're not, mm -hmm. it's like universe, God, whatever you have a, like you, I know you want me to do this. Like, look at all of these like weird ass coincidences. And, and every time I feel discouraged, it's like, I think about that. I'm like, this wouldn't happen if I didn't have like a purpose. And my purpose, I feel like it's to write songs to help people through or impact people's lives. And so I feel really like guided by that, but yeah. No, I totally feel that I'm the same way. Cause like whenever I talk about like my faith and stuff like that, I'm like, everyone has it in like a different way, but like I remember when I was going through my divorce and like in those weeks right afterwards when your life like makes no sense. And all of a sudden, like all these tiny little things just started like clicking. Like it was like, and I think that's what happens for so many people when you hear their stories in these like quote unquote success stories, there's like a pivotal moment and it is kind of like fate finding you, but it's almost just like you were on a track and it was like, I always try and envision it like it's a train that's off the tracks and it doesn't really move real well. And that's kind of why it feels like it's so much grit and it's so hard and you're pushing through it. And the second it gets on the tracks, it just goes and you feel it. And you're like, this is right. This is clicking. This is the thing. Like sometimes I don't know why I chose to like start a blog 10 years ago. I never really, like I saw things for myself, but that's like my higher self saw that. But my like regular self was like, who do you think you are? And I, and I Mm. think there's like so much of that, that so many people are like, you don't realize that eventually it fits meant to be, it clicks and something happens in your life. And it just kind of goes exactly in the time it's meant to, like, it probably wasn't meant for you at 15, maybe it wasn't meant for you at like 25, but like all of a sudden it hit at the exact moment in the time with a guy listening through the wall. Like, what is your life? That's crazy. It's it's been wild. I totally think. And I think you get like strokes of luck and strokes of like guidance at the very beginning too. And like I said, it hasn't like, that was like a huge push. Yeah. And then it was like, and then I was working at a, I was working at Cactus Club with a song on the radio. It wasn't like things exploded You're for me. You're kidding. Like, it, it, oh, oh yeah. And they'd be like, don't you have a song? And I'd be like, yeah. Like, That's me. Like, <laughs> it's a tough business. And then like something else happened and then you yeah. get pushed. And it's mm-hmm. just like, it's, it's just like following those signs. But yeah, I mean, you think about, I wonder like for you, if you look back at like when you started that blog, if you could have ever imagined what you would be doing now. Like it must have, your life just probably looks so different at that time. Totally. And whenever I, when you talk about the little pushes, to be honest, it's always been by another woman who's ahead of me. Like I have to thank like a Caitlin Bristow. She's also Nashville girl now, but she literally saw my picture through somebody else's post through something else and was like, I need you on my podcast. And I was like, okay. And was like in Toronto, I found out within 24 hours, like it was happening. And I was like, crapping my pants over this thing. I had, I just knew how big it was. And I didn't, that was such a 
like a push. Like it was a huge push, but you're right. Like it's not even just the push. It's like, you have to keep going past those pushes because even when you find new audiences, it's like, now I have to show up for them. And it just becomes this thing. Mm. But it was women like that. It was like another woman who like just literally slid into my DMs and was like, come model for this one thing. Like you just don't realize how important it is to support your fellow woman and how much that can actually like continue to change. But I have to say, I saw you perform at the Canadian country music awards two years ago. We were actually, I don't know if I told you this, we were in the same pit behind Shania Twain. And like you did the whole like Shania Twain thing with like Kira Isabella and Jess Moskaluke. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like put as one of like the people to stand behind like Shania Twain. And they were like, don't cry. Don't laugh. Don't like have to sing along or like, you don't look good here. And I was like, okay. And I was like, but it's Shania Twain. Like, oh my gosh. And then like, not only Shania Twain, but like, um, Jessica Mulrooney was like her stylist. And I was like fangirling over that. I was like, oh my gosh, like it's all so much. That was one of the coolest nights of my life, but you killed it. You're an amazing, amazing performer. Like just really, really, I'm so happy for you. I'm so impressed to see I don't know, a woman like yourself, just like really going after her dreams, like since you were little and just continuing to be just such a support to other women, but also just being a supportive person in general, like what your music is sometimes the fluff we need and sometimes the purpose we need. And I love that you kind of do both. And I think that's so important, but you just had these three new singles coming out. Is there anything else coming up for you that you want to share anything before we wrap her up? I mean, definitely just, you know, check out the the music. Usually I would start plugging tour dates. Unfortunately, all my yeah. shows are canceled, which is like so crazy. This will be the first time since I was like 14 that I haven't played a show in the summer. So it's going to be super sad. But I know this season I'm supposed to do something else. So I'm going to do something else. You are. Maybe you're meant know. to be. Are you writing like, a lot at home or are you finding yeah, like, like done? No, I've definitely, I've been writing, like I write every day this week. So wow. um, like all, over Zoom, yeah, like co-writing with other people. So still working a lot, but um, yeah, definitely check out the three new songs. Kiss Kiss is at radio. So if everyone's in Canada, you can request it. And then yep. listen to Champagne Night too by Lady A. Oh, I'm so stoked. What a, <laughs> you're, the smile on your face when you said it, I, I was like, Frig, it's just such a big deal. Thank you so much. Really this was is. so cool thank for me. You. Like just to take a second, like a very full circle moment for me. Um, thank you so much. This has been such an incredible conversation that I rarely get to have. So I really appreciate your time and you know what, just keep staying safe in this whole thing. And I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of this for you too. Cause I think it's going to be awesome. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everyone. We will see you next week. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at The Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.